Hi friends, Jenna here, and you're listening to Beautifully Bipolar. So if you listened to my last episode, I had my friend Lauren come on, and guess what? She's here again! Yay! So this time we're going to talk about her and her mental illness versus um, talking about me and mine. So what is your official diagnosis? Um, generalized anxiety disorder with OCD. Okay. And when did you get um, diagnosed with that? I was 13, I think. I think it was 13. And has your diagnosis changed at all? Uh, no. I have technically, I haven't really, like, I guess, gone to see a therapist, which is what I started out with mm -hmm. in a long time. But I don't feel like it's changed, so I wouldn't, I don't need a new diagnosis on it, I guess. Okay. So, um... Do you still see a therapist? No, I don't. Um, not that I wouldn't go see one if I needed to, but I don't feel like I need to. If I felt like I did, I'm not. How go. long did you see your therapist? So at 13, I should go before that. I think I should give backstory. Go for it. Um, when I was young, um, when I was four, I had this disease. I'm never I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, but it was basically my white blood cell count was so low that I should have been dead. And I had to get blood drawn once a week. And so, like, I got used to them sticking needles in me and all that. Well, at that time, my mom had told me to wash my hands all the time because I couldn't get sick. Um, and then when I started to get better and I didn't get blood drawn every week, she never told me to stop. So we know that that was part of the initial behind that also We've learned through a lot of things that it runs in my family. My grandma definitely has OCD. She'll never get diagnosed, but she has it. My mom has a bit of OCD and anxiety. Um, my cousin uh, has another form of it. I'm not going to go there because I don't know how she feels about it being aired. <laughs> um, but so it runs in our family. Um, but I do think that environment can play a big role in anxiety. Um, so also when I was four, my mom was carrying my brother and she lost the baby. I don't remember a lot, but I remember being leaning out in the hallway and hearing her sobbing, and I apparently, through therapy, learned that I told myself to stop crying. Because if I was crying, I was gonna upset my mom, and so I was gonna be strong for my mom, and I was never gonna make her cry again. Mm. So, with the mixture of washing my hands, and then was all at the same time of her losing the baby, I think that affected a lot of how I developed what I have. I think that environment can play a big role. She says to this day, she's like, I wish I would have taken you to therapy because I didn't even realize the effect that me losing the baby would have on you. My brother didn't have any effect. He was two. He doesn't remember. Anything. Yeah. But for me, I remember like what she experienced, unfortunately, by hearing it. So it like affected the way I viewed myself and how I viewed my role in the family too. Because I felt like I had to be the good person. I had to make sure I never upset her. I had to make sure that she was taken care of because I didn't ever want to see her cry like that again. So I kind of developed that role. Fast forward a few years. Around the age of 9 or 10, I my anxiety got really bad to the point where I went 72 hours without sleeping. My dad gave me some medication to sleep, which I now... I have since regretted him doing. My dad had Ambien, and he felt like I was at 70, I guess at the 72-hour mark, I understood why he gave it to me, because I really should have been sleeping. But he continued to give it to me if I couldn't sleep. Um, and I hadn't seen a doctor. He was just like, well, she's not sleeping, so she needs to sleep. Mm -hmm. And gave it to me. Um, and then I struggled a lot with, like, am I a Christian? Those were the thoughts that ran through my head. 
Those were the things that I would constantly be worried about that I wasn't, that I didn't believe, that I wasn't going to heaven. And it was just, it consumed me. And then, I mean, there were other things that I'd worry about, but it was never, like, that was the main source of my anxiety. And I used to go, like, hide in my bedroom for hours and, like, obsess over this and then, like, read the Bible and make sure that I was and all these things. It's horrible. <laughs> I can't tell you. It was, it was, it was torture. Your heart races and it felt like I was dying. It just felt like your heart's racing so fast and you feel like you're going to pass out. You feel like you're going to, like, all that. Um, it was really bad. Um, eventually got to the point, I think the turning point for my mom, because my mom didn't want to believe that it was a thing with me. She was like, she's fine. It's just, you know, growing up, it's just, she's a teenager. Like there's just things she's going through. Like yeah, any normal. normal parent, well, any normal, I get it. No parent wants to think that there's something wrong with their kid. Um, and then we were staying in a hotel once and I know I was having a really hard time with whatever it was. I think a lot of it was I also would go to her and be like, Mom, I'm a Christian, right? I would I would go to her for reassurance. And I learned through therapy later on that you're not supposed to answer that for someone. And she would answer it for me. But by answering it for me, I wasn't feeling secure in my own answer. So it was like this whole back and forth thing. Well, we were in a hotel once and I said, I'm just going to jump out the window. And she said, okay, there's the window, jump. She was over it. She had had enough. And my dad, of course, was like, you can't say that. <gasps> and it turned into a thing. And I think then it was a, like maybe a month later we were in the car and she goes, I'm just, you need to see someone. She's like, I'm going to take you to a mental health. Like she threatened to take me to like a ward or whatever because I was crazy. And I remember sobbing because I was like, it felt like she didn't understand that like I wasn't trying to be this way. It was like just how I was. Yeah. But like I knew that she wanted to get me help. So then when I was 13, she took me to my first therapist and immediately within the first session she said she has anxiety she has OCD I didn't know the OCD because I feel like the OCD developed later on but apparently I had I don't even remember what I did back then that was OCD I have no idea Hmm. um but then they didn't do medication right away because my mom was like against it which I still to this day feel like you shouldn't push medication first you should try to do it with therapy I just don't believe that if you have depending on the severity of your case of anxiety you have to be on something. Like, yeah. I know that what I was doing, there was no way I was going to function like a normal human being without it. Yeah. Um, I was spending so much time. I was homeschooled, so I could do my schoolwork, but I noticed that it would take me longer because I'd get stuck on worrying about whatever it was. Like I said, there were other worries, but the main thing was, like, worrying about being a Christian for some reason. I was so worried about it. And I know that, like, I would obsess over it to the point where, like, I wasn't getting stuff done. I, there were times that, like, I think you invited me over. I didn't go because I, I was stuck in my own head and I couldn't get out. And I was like, I just, I don't want to be around someone. Because I felt like if I was around other people when it happened, it's almost like you're sitting in a box and you're watching life happen around you, but you're not partaking in it. Mm. It's the best way to describe it. There was a song somebody did once, and I was like, this is, like, the perfect example of what it's like to have anxiety. You want to get out of the box and you want to, like, let this go, but you fear that if you don't let, like, if you let it go, that something bad's going to happen. So you just stay in the box and you watch life go by and you're just like, oh, this is miserable. Like, I feel horrible in here. That makes um, a lot of sense. So then I went to a few therapists and eventually we went on medication. I think Lexapro was the first thing I took. Uh-huh. Lexapro worked for a few months and then stopped working. So when it worked, it felt better. It was like the first time I felt like 
Because, like, when I was a little kid, I didn't experience the anxiety to the extreme. I had more OCD, like, the washing. I would always wash my hands and make sure everybody was, did you wash your hands? I used to tell my brother, did you wash your hands? <sighs> um, but then I never really, like, worried about, like, thoughts. It was more when I became a teenager that the thought thing became the obsession. Um, and then when I was on the medication, Lexapro, it was good. And then when it stopped working, it was horrible. Um, I don't remember a lot other than being... A lot of experiences in high school with being with friends and disappearing to the bathroom again to worry about whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I was never, I never wanted to be around people with it. I always wanted to escape and just be in my head because it felt, it felt bad to be around other people and be stuck in your head. So it felt better if I was in my, by myself. I don't know how to explain that, but that's what it felt like. I Um, like that too. And then I did many, many other um, drugs. I can't remember all of them. I could if my mom probably has a list of them. I don't remember what they all were. I know the one that worked the most after Lexapro was Paxil. Mm-hmm. I was on that for roughly on and off, I would say 10 to 12 years. I hated it because it made me gain weight. And I, I started Paxil, I think, when I was like 18, I want to say, right around when we like started hanging out again. And Paxil worked until it didn't work. So... Yeah. Paxil was great because it was like, I think I was on CR because they came out with a new version of it when I was later in life. But like Paxil, it was like slow release or something. And then that worked better. But it was good because like, I don't know, I just felt like I could function more. But I would still have moments where I get stuck in my head and I was like, I can't get out of this. But it was definitely not like where I was like not doing things with other people and I wasn't getting my stuff done. I wasn't whatever and when I started working I never had I think because I was on medication then I never had like moments where it like at work would disappear necessarily I did later on when I was going through some different medications but I would always like sneak off to the bathroom but I would always time myself because I'm like you're at work you can't be in here forever I would be like I'm going to the bathroom but I wasn't actually going to the bathroom because you know me I don't have to be ever yeah, she's got the world's biggest bladder something's like <laughs> not right with her bladder but... so I would just pretend I was going to the bathroom because normal people go to the bathroom and I would try to deal with this and get myself back in the mindset of like because I was a waitress and I was like I'm gonna get my head back on I'm gonna move past this we're gonna and I think later on in life it was other stuff it was worrying about some guy that liked me and was I doing the wrong thing then it developed into like was that right was that wrong did I sin did I not sin it was like a whole that became the new obsession was not like am I a Christian no it's I'm a Christian but like am I doing the right thing am I doing the wrong thing and it was like obsession with that um then I went to therapy with this girl Carla who was my I went to another one and she was okay I can't really speak on it because I don't remember anything positive that came out of it it wasn't negative but it wasn't like I learned anything Mm mm-hmm and I did compulsive behavioral therapy with Carla was the second one. And that's where I learned about myself and how I had told myself as a child that I wasn't going to cry. Through a lot of therapy with her, we learned that. And that I was like basically like trying to be there for my mom when I was four, which makes no sense. And I learned a lot of things about how to control my OCD because at that point in life, I was checking light switches five times I was making sure I set my alarm five times checking it I was checking everything it wasn't as much about the thoughts as it was like making sure I didn't set the house on fire or I I turned the stove off or I whatever it was that became the obsession then and from there she really helped me 
learn the negative talk, which is I would recommend for anyone that has OCD. Um, learning like the things that you say to yourself, like the all or nothing is like, I have to do this or the world's gonna end or the, mm -hmm. the different negative self-talks you give to yourself when you're like, oh, well, if I don't do this, if I don't sit here and think about this, God's gonna spite me or whatever it was, but it's like a negative connotation where it's like, I would say, was it wrong that I did that? And then I'd be like, she would say, well, but say it a different way because you're making it negative. And she'd say, like, ask yourself, would it have been better had I done this? Mm -hmm. Or was not as, like, harsh on myself and not as, like, making myself freak out over it, I guess. Um, and I think that helped a lot with more of learning when I was being OCD and when I was anxious. I learned the triggers of when the thought that I would have or whatever it was I was doing, it made me recognize the behavior and go, okay, this isn't real. Because you always struggle with anxiety. You're like, am I really, is this really something that's wrong and I should worry about it or is it fake? Is it like, is it something that's just like, my brain thinks that this is a huge deal and it's not really a big deal. I don't yeah. need to I don't need to worry about it. So you always struggle with that. And I think it helped a lot to dif differentiate between like, okay, well, this is anxiety. I need to let it go. I need to move forward. And then knowing like when I was being anxious, like when it wasn't, wasn't. Now, I don't think it worked from the perspective of like what she taught me helped me overcome it because I still feel like I dealt with it, but I was more aware of it. I was aware that it was anxiety instead of thinking that it was the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, okay, I know this is anxiety, even though it feels like I'm like doing something wrong or it feels like it's wrong. I know it's anxiety, but I can feel better knowing I know it isn't. Like it's yeah. not a big deal. And then I think right around after being with Carla, I was on medication during this time. I felt better. I think I was on Paxil and I think I was decent, but I wasn't where I never, not anywhere near where I wanted to be because I would still have panic attacks and stuff. Mm. Um, and then I moved to Nashville and that was really hard. I went through a huge depressive state when I moved because I moved without any family members. Now, Jacksons are great. I had a family that stayed, let me stay with them, not pay a dime and a great Christian family I stayed with and they would always have me for dinner downstairs. Like it was great, but I didn't have any friends and I didn't have any family and it felt really disconnected and I felt separated. And, and then I was also dealing with anxiety a lot more because, because of the natural, I mean, most people would be anxious when they move away from everybody. Yeah. So on top of being the normal anxiety, because I had anxiety, it was more aggressive. Yeah. And then I felt like it was, it was a lot. I went through a lot of phone calls with family because I was not in a great place. So I found a doctor down here who actually was the first person to tell me about TMS, which I'll go into in a second. Um, but she like put me on another medication. Um, I had like three doctors before the one I have right now in Nashville. And she was cool because she told me about this new thing called TMS, which was like this new therapy they had in overseas in Europe that they were developing to bring here. And it was gonna, so I didn't have to be on medication anymore, but it wasn't a thing. It wasn't approved by like, anything like it wasn't a thing here it was like in testing stages and I, I remember reading about it going oh I want to do this so bad but like getting into a test was like impossible like getting into one of those groups that was mm -hmm. what is it where like they you can like 
they do it for all sorts of medical things where you can get in a group yeah. in a free study, but you have to like be there for the study. They didn't have anywhere it was, so it was like, well, I can't do this. But I remember keeping that in the back of my mind going, I want to do that one day. Like, that's what I want. I want to not be on medication because I was told, like, medication I was taking, you can't have kids, and I want to have kids. So they were like, you can't be on anxiety medication and have kids. And I was like, well, I can't be off of it and live. So I don't know how this is going to work. So I kept trying to find solutions to, like, eventually know, because I didn't have to then have kids. But it was like, I need to have a solution for when I want to. And I didn't have one. So I think I started making friends down there, and it was better but I did experience I remember experiencing being at a party and like I don't know I just like what you said on the previous podcast about how everybody just wanted to drink like everybody I met was nice yeah but it was like we had to party and we had to drink and it was not me but I didn't have any friends so it was like well I don't want to be by myself sitting at the house with the Jacksons yeah which I love sitting with Susan she's great like, I could sit there and we'd watch HGTV. And actually, when I was sitting with her, I feel like that was when I was at most, like, peace. It felt like at home. But, like, I, I didn't want to do that. And I was like, I need to meet guys. I need to be out. And I remember the girl that I was friends with down there was very much a party person, which is why I've always adapted myself. Like, I feel like growing up, I always, like, had friends that were more outgoing than me because I wasn't outgoing. And I wanted to be outgoing, but I didn't know how to be. Yeah. So I attached to her and we did a lot of stuff and I remember having anxiety staying at a, it was like her it was a bunch of girls that owned this house they rented this house and it was like six of them in the house but we would have all these parties I don't know if I ever told you this but we, they would have all these parties which were fun but then they'd beat up half the night drinking and I would try to follow them with drinking like I could never drink as much as they did but I would try to like drink and be with them and and the next morning, I would have so much anxiety because I feel like alcohol makes me more anxious. That's what I've learned about oh, myself. Oh, yeah, So that's I would wake up good. with the morning after anxiety, and it was, like, horrible. And then I would be miserable the rest of the day. But yeah. I was just trying to fit in. And then I had another psychiatrist who we didn't really talk necessarily. Like, at this point, like, I, the first girl I saw, we didn't talk. It was more of she was prescribing medication wasn't a therapist and the second guy he talked a little bit but it wasn't again not a therapist he put me on a drug I will warn all of you against which is called Cymbalta Mm. at the time I believed that it was the best drug I've ever been on because a it made me lose weight and then b I felt that was the best drug I've been on for my anxiety however recently when I came off of it learned that the side effects when you come off of it are like coming off of heroin oh so fast forward we go to this new doctor who i've been seeing my current doctor dr Dodd, um and he um tells me about tms he has it in his office now i I think when he initially told me it wasn't approved by insurance companies and i couldn't afford it yeah i wanted to do it i couldn't afford it and so he had prescribed me cymbalta and I know when I first went on it, I was like, this is the best. I remember thinking I'm like, I could not get stuck. I could function. I was not even thinking about anything anxious. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. I was losing weight. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. Like, I like this drug. And then eventually, as all of them I've experienced do, it stopped working. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working like it was. It was slowing. It's not that it wasn't, it was helping. Like, if I was off of it, it would have been way worse. But it wasn't like it when it started. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think they started to approve TMS for the United States for depression. And so 
I started talking to my doctor about it. And I was like, look, I think I want to get off this and I think I want to do the TMS. Um, it's now approved. I was like, my, I was at H&M who approves. They were great when it comes to benefits um, and they were going to cover most of it. So I was like, okay, well, I can afford this now. Let's, let's do this. Um, TMS is transcranial magnetic therapy. Um, and basically you sit in a room and they attach a magnet to one side of your head. It's not like a attached to your head, but like they put it up against your head, I guess. And then they release um, magnetic pulses and that go into your brain and stimulate your neurons. What it does um, is they take a map of a brain, someone with anxiety and depression, and then they take one with someone who doesn't have it. Someone who doesn't have anxiety or depression or OCD, their brain is all lit up. All areas are lit up. It's not anything like that. And then they take a brain with um, anxiety and depression. And there's areas that are dark. So what this does is it goes in and turns the neurons back on in the areas that have gone dark. Mm. And when after, like, I think it's a six-week treatment, you go five days a week and you go for an hour. Um, it doesn't hurt, but I wouldn't say it's the most comfortable thing. kind of just feels like, I guess, like a tension headache. Oh. That's how it feels. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't hurt, but, like, if you tense up, it hurts more. Like, if you try to relax, it doesn't hurt. But... I so I did the treatment and immediately so he does the way he does it is you stay on your medication and he does the treatment and we did the six week, six week treatment and I was like wow this is better than the Cymbalta this is better than anything and so then he's like okay we're gonna start to wean you off your medication which is when I experienced all the horrible side effects of Cymbalta um, I was nauseous for seven months every morning I would wake up I would feel like I'm gonna throw up um, I would get these things called brain zaps where it feels like you're going to pass out, like you get lightheaded and you feel like you're just going to pass out right there. Um, so do not take Cymbalta. It's it's a dangerous drug. Um, not unless you plan on taking it the rest of your life. Wow. Um, so there was more side effects, but the, the bigger ones didn't, like in the beginning, the brain zaps eventually went away. I think it was like after four months. I didn't experience that anymore. But the nausea lasted the longest. I was sick to my stomach every morning for a long time. And eventually it went away. But I was I was almost going to see like a, what is it, stomach doctor? Because I couldn't figure out, like if it hadn't stopped, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just feel sick all the time. But eventually it stopped. Um, I will say through learning, um, I didn't go in. So I would go then once a month for a re-up treatment of the, TMS and I don't feel like that was enough coming out of the first treatment um, I then experienced a whiplash of like it went bad for a minute um, I went back to some of my old ways of getting stuck um, and then I think I went and did another six-week treatment the next year in the summer it was a following year and after that one I went every two weeks for a few months and then once a month now I go once a month. Well, COVID kind of killed that off a bit, but um, for because both of my both of my doctors are high risk, so they couldn't come in the office. But now, like it's it, it it's better now, so we can do it now. Um, but I try to go at least once a month. Um, anxiety is still not approved in the U.S. as a like technical like um, approved by the insurance companies. It should be. I don't know why it hasn't been yet. Um, I do know partially. They feel that anxiety is a constant. So depression, they treat it for a depression because depression is something that comes and goes. So you can be depressed and then you have this treatment and you won't have to worry about it again. Mm -hmm. Whereas anxiety is like a constant. It's a constant thing that nags at you. It's a constant like 
you you could have the treatment and you're still going to experience it. it's a lifelong thing you live with you're just going to always be anxious so they're trying to figure out a way to make it like like i i've learned about myself through it is that like i go once a month and i feel like that keeps me sane like mm-hmm. that's what keeps me at a level where i can function i'm not going to say i never have any anxiety of course i do i'm not going to say i've never i haven't had a panic attack in years but lucky but <laughs> I've come close, but I would say with this, I've experienced, A, I'm not feeling any side effects because I'm not on any medication, and then I'm not, like, yes, there's anxiety, but I know that if I am ha- if I start to get worse, I call my doctor, I'm like, I need a treatment. Like, I need to, I need to get this boost because as soon as I have it, the first time, like, the day I have it, I might feel a little worse, but then the following day, I automatically just feel like... I'm like, whoa, I'm not even sticking on the things I have been the last few days. Like, what the heck is going on? It just completely, like, boosts me. So I, I feel like I can kind of control if I need to go in. Like, I, my doctor this time, I told her I went too long. I went two months without a visit. And I was like, I need to come in. I was like, I'm not in a good spot. And she was like, okay, let me get you in. And got me in. And then when I was at the office, she's like, if you need to come back in two weeks, like, let me just come in and I'll do it. So it's like learning I think that that's the reason the insurance companies won't cover it is they're not sure you're going to need additional like sessions with it, but they don't, they don't have like a regulated of like, this is how many you're going to like, you do need to do it once a month afterward to keep your anxiety under control. They don't know. They haven't figured that out yet. I will say benefits of it. Some benefits that are coming under the radar is they're now using it for PTSD and it's showing great results. They're using it for alcoholism. They have proven that an alcoholic, they can train. I was reading, they can basically... Um, the triggers that trigger someone to drink, they can completely alter with DMS so that you're not triggered by them anymore. Um, and they have great success rate with that PTSD, um, brain injuries from football. Like it's something they're using a lot now. So I highly recommend that. Um, but that's a little about me. I don't know where to go from there. (laughs) That's a good sum up. So how long have you been doing that then? Um, I did the first round want to say two years ago okay and then weaned off and had that horrible medication weaning off process Mm -hmm. um and then realized that like I needed to do it again because when I came off the medication I should have been doing it again I think would have helped like if I was doing it while I was coming off it would Mm -hmm. have kept me where I was um but then I don't know I guess a year like I said roughly two years ago but now I haven't done the six-week session. I just go in for a session once a month, and it usually keeps me level. That's awesome. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I guess, like, if you struggle with anxiety, I would say the one thing I would say is don't look at it as a negative thing. Like, you're going to deal with it your whole life, but, like, you can't think of it as negative. Like, I always tried to think of, like, the positive that, like, Eventually, like, maybe I can help someone else. I've, I've experienced it. I will say the positive is it. I currently work at a store called Aerie, and I have had a few girls that um, have come in and have struggled with it themselves. Mm-hmm. And through me, like, explaining my situation and the things that I've been going through have really helped them, like, discover more about themselves and learn more about anxiety. And I think it's good that we, like, we talk about it because talking about it is the only way that it stops becoming something that's not a thing we talk about like just because we have a day that says mental health day doesn't mean like anything like it has to be like you're talking about it with your friends and you're explaining to them like hey like why do I keep disappearing in the bathroom because I'm struggling with anxiety like I just it's where I'm at like it can't be a taboo thing where 
And I think you said it in one of yours, I think that men struggle with it the most because it's more like they feel like they, like if they admit that they have it, that they're weaker. And yeah. I, I just think that that's so untrue. Like if you admit that you have it, you're, sh- you're stronger than anybody because yeah. you're not, you don't care what anyone thinks. So you're exactly. able to know who you are as a person and admit that that's what's going on with you. Like I would never be turned off by a guy who was like, Hey, I have anxiety. I'd be like, Oh, okay, cool. At least you know who you are. At least you know, like that's where you're at. Amen. <laughs> okay. That's, that's all I have. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Yes.